there is a ton of resistance towards feeling like you need to know exactly why you're here and what your purpose is and that by knowing it, it'll solve everything. And then you feel like you get to this point where you're connected to it and yet you're still broke or you still got the same problems or you're still stuck in that same place. And this removes that need, that feeling like you have to have that in order to move forward and instead focuses on taking action so you can have the experiences, the experiences that will actually inform you and show you. I'm Steven Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by The Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Coach Michael Burt, how are you doing today, Coach? I'm doing great. I'm in Denver, Denver, Colorado. You're so, in Denver, so am I. I'm actually in Denver today. Yep, I'm speaking here tomorrow. So it's a good, it's a good, beautiful day here in Denver. It's a beautiful day. We've got some great weather and I'm excited to dive into this with you. Uh, if you guys don't know Coach, Coach Burt is... Uh, Started his career in sports, coaching, uh, won a national championship. He owns over $25 million in real estate, written tons of books, including some bestsellers. And uh, he's an expert at packaging offers, monetization, marketing, and what we're going to talk about today, activa- activating your prey drive, which, which in reading your book, Coach, I recognize there's some significant work that I need to do in activating that. So I'm excited to get into that and more today. But why don't we start out with uh, with a simple question, with a big answer. What do you need to be successful? What do you need to win? Well, I think if you, if you really boil it down, I, I, I look at people in four parts, knowledge, skill, desire, and confidence. Now, obviously I'm substituting prey drive for desire, right? Prey drive is a, is a new way to talk about an old thing. My motivational theory has been around a long time. There's about 20 motivational theories. Uh, when I wrote the book, Flip the Switch, I was really saying this is, this is my theory. After coaching people for 32 years, nothing happens until that prey drive is activated. And you would be shocked, Stephen, at how, how hard it is to keep people's prey drive activated over a long cycle of time. I even look at my team. I I find my own team members who work with me every day will, will, will be great one day and average one day and up one day and down one day and they'll make a sale. Then they'll relax. So this is just not, this is not as easy as it sounds to keeping this drive and desire activated Uh, for long cycles of time, which is what you see with truly great people. They know how to flip the switch, uh, for lack of a better term, which was the title of the book. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. And in reading the book, absolutely incredible. Couldn't recommend that you guys go out and grab the book, flip the switch. But what I when I was getting into it, what I realized about myself was, you know, you, you talk about a ton of examples of very successful people earning a ton of money who recognize that their prey drive is missing yep, and that it wasn't at one point. And in reading the book and recognizing it, I saw that in myself. 
Yeah. I saw that there was this insatiable desire, this drive for nearly a decade to be grinding, to be doing whatever it took to go after and create the success. And yet I hit uh, a place where I found some self-love. I found some comfort. I, I removed a lot of that pain and I happen to be in one of the happiest places that I've, I've ever been yep. yet. My business is not growing the way that I want to. And that fulfillment piece that comes along with going after something seems to be missing. And I, I could imagine a lot of the listeners are feeling the same. So why does this happen and how can successful people or people who want to be successful, how can they get back connected with that instinctual drive to go after the things they know they want and deserve in life. Well, you know, in the book, I say satisfied needs never motivate only unsatisfied needs. So we're kind of taught in life to pursue things like me as a basketball coach, pursuing a championship, <clears throat> right? It took me 10 years, 80 hour work weeks, a grind, sacrificing almost everything in my life to obtain that one thing right now i look back on it i don't have any regrets about that but i but but it did come with significant uh, collateral maybe relationship collateral i wasn't married at the time i didn't have three kids like i do today mm -hmm. so you know what you want at 30 you may not want at 40 what you want at 40 you may not want at 50. as life changes different things become important to you but you know prey drive is <clears throat> it is that pursuit and uh, when you study it in the animals when I think humans are similar, there is no external factor that will motivate any greater than the mere ability to pursue in the dog's world, the prey in, in our world, it is to pursue something. It's what makes us come alive. It's, you know, most people are very unhappy when they're not pursuing something, right? It's why you see championship teams come back and try to win another championship. You see Saban trying to win a seventh national championship. You see, you know, like, why is one not enough? So it's also the reason you see people not come back and win it back to back because somebody else is hungrier. So what I found in my life, I'm 47, um, is that I have to set new targets, new goals, which is why I'm building a $7 million greatness factory in downtown Nashville. That's why I, that's why I go around the country and look at places like when I'm in Denver, I'll say, man, is this, would this be a good place for a greatness factory? It's why I'm constantly creating things because it gives me something to pursue. I've been a coach for over three decades. So, uh, you know, it's not like I wake up every day, man, why I just can't wait to coach people. Or I'm doing a speaking engagement tomorrow. After you've done thousands of speaking engagement, it's not like, you know, the, there's newness there. It's like, okay, I got to play a game, which is what you see the real pros do. They, 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 create a competitor. They, even if it's in their own mind, they come up with some game to play uh, to try to keep them fresh. And that's, uh, I think that's what people do when it comes to losing their prey drive. Mm. So, you know, I can relate a lot to that. Satisfied needs don't create motivation. I hit a level, the level yeah. I wanted to hit. And I happen to be in one of the most happy places that yeah. I've been. I've got an amazing relationship. I had sacrificed that for, for quite a long time. And now I'm at a point where I don't want to lose the things that I now have. And I feel like I've gone into almost a defensive posture in business and then defensive posture in the personal life, wanting to be able to hold on to and, and keep the things that are great, great in that side. And coming from a place of defensiveness, as you talk about, is the worst way to be running a business. It's the worst way to compete. How do you break that? 
Yeah, and I learned that first, Stephen, as a basketball coach, is that anytime I play not to lose, it always guaranteed losing. Hmm. Because you get away from doing the things that made you great, right? And, and uh, you know, even in a relationship, my wife said to me one day, we've been together, you know, a long time, uh, a decade plus, and she said, you know, when we first met, you you were so much fun. You know, you you, you had fun. You 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 know you and then and then and then the more successful I became, the more uh, boring I became. Right? <laughs> it's like I forgot how to have fun. It's it's like I, everything was business, and and I and, and I didn't know how to go back and just have relax. I really didn't know how to relax. To be honest, it's like, hey, I got to get this, and then I got to go get this, and then I go get this. The more money we made, the more pressure we had. So it's easy to do what's called fantasize and catastrophize. Hmm. Okay, uh, A lot of people that are entrepreneurs have uh, the gift of vivid visualization. And I learned this from one of my coaches, Dave Blanchard, that that worked with me for six months. And, you know, there was a period of time that I woke up with just a lot of anxiety in the morning. I had more money hmm. than I had. I had more success than I ever had. I was gifted with a beautiful wife and three beautiful children. And I had all this anxiety. And I was telling one of my coaches uh, in one of our coaching sessions, I said, man, I have all this anxiety and I don't I can't figure out why. And he said, you spend a lot of time in mental creation, drawing it up. I vivid I, I can I can vividly visualize it. And then when it doesn't go the exact way I want to or at the speed I want to, you go to catastrophizing, which is you go all the way to negative town. Oh, we're going to lose everything. We're going to go broke. Right. It's like it's like, hey, you know, and and so I really had to work on that for about six months, Stephen, with with one of my coaches to wake up in the morning and and get back in that mindset of just having fun, man, being grateful, getting back to this is awesome. I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to do these things I get to do and and really reconnecting with why I got into coaching to begin with what my because goals were. But but catching myself when I started to go into catastrophe, you know, we'll have one bad sales day. We'll have 10 good sales days and one bad sales day. And it'd be like the world's falling apart. It's like, what's wrong with everybody? You know what I'm saying? It's like this happens. There are ebbs and flows. And it's very easy to live in that. To live in that space between where you are versus where you think you should be versus just going you know, where you saw me four years ago, we're significantly better than we were today. But but if you call mm-hmm. me on a day, I'd be like, man, I'm not there yet. I'm always trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's always trying to become famous one day or make it big. And, you know, I told my wife one day, you know, we're we're where we are today is a lot of people would love to be at. So why don't we appreciate that? Why don't we experience a little joy in the journey? Well, there's the challenge, I feel. It personally, and I can imagine a lot of other people might feel this as well is that drive, that dissatisfaction that you're talking about was the thing that drove me the hardest where I'm like, I'm not there. I don't have it. Doesn't matter how many followers I have. Doesn't matter how many properties I've bought. Doesn't matter if I've raised $50 million or not. Doesn't matter if I've doubled people money. I got to do better. I got to go harder. And then I flip over to gratitude and then I'm in bliss and I'm all happy and I'm dancing around. I'm feeling good and nothing's getting done. The team ain't working as hard. Yeah. So it's this balance, it sounds like, between enjoying what you have, but then yet still being unsatisfied to go after more. Yeah, the tension, <clears throat> the tension is actually what creates the the movement, the frustration. But if we can if we can go from mental creation, 
which is seeing it in her mind, to to progress toward what I call the B. See, I followed up the book Flip the Switch with a small book called From A to B. And B is your ideal picture, right? Like, like in my ideal world, I think I want 50 greatness factories and my passive income is greater than my living expenses. And I coach three days a week and I see my kids every morning and I fly private everywhere I go. And I spend three nights a month with my wife. Like that is a mental construct of, of an ideal life. Okay. Now we want to move toward that B which could be tangible or intangible. It could be a number. We just say, well, if my company's doing 25 million a year, you know, I'd be happy. Well, if I just had a, a, a bigger beach house, I'd be happy. Well, if I see, we think we want to move toward that because we believe it'll make us happy mm-hmm. or we think it'll alleviate stress. It's like, if I just had passive income that was greater than my living expenses, then I wouldn't have any financial anxiety which could be true, or I would just want to move toward that goal because I'm alive when I'm moving toward that goal. So it's important to have a B, but it's Mm -hmm. also important to go, you know what? I'm going, I see it in my mind's eye in in the gift of imagination, but I'm taking tangible steps toward it. That's the physical action that you take. So an example is, you know, I went down and looked at my greatness factory last night. It's been about a year in construction. It's not finished, but but man, they're putting the carpet in and the bathrooms are finished and the glass is going up and the auditorium's coming together, right? And and it's like, it's close. Well, that dream started seven years ago. <clears throat> I mean, I was talking about that seven years ago. I drew up the plan seven years ago. I, I invested a hundred grand in just the plan seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just now, right? But taking a step every day. So today I was working on the AV in there. And today I was working on who would be great co-working people in there. And, you know, I was working on who, uh, people who would want to rent the space. So it's like, that's the physical action. And we need to be satisfied that we're taking an action toward toward the goal. So the key that I'm hearing here is really dream. Have that dream, visualize it, enjoy the good feeling of that visualization of that dream, feeling it knowing that it's possible, believing that it is, and then actually enjoying the progress steps that you're making, regardless of if you've arrived yet. But you have to be appreciating and grateful for those steps you're taking. Because when we met four years ago, you're talking about the greatness factory as if it's going to pop out of the ground tomorrow. Yep. But by having that visualization, having that belief, you carry that, then you attract those people into your world and you can then take the steps, each step along the way towards getting there. Yeah. And when you talk about it a lot and draw it up a lot and go there in the mind a lot, like, I don't think people really understand. I don't think, I think people underestimate that part. Like me speaking around the world, talking about the greatness factory, me drawing it up on my notepad every day, me trying to find the locations for it. Like, like that is a form of physically manifesting something that a lot of people don't do. Like I show people how I mental map and how I draw it up and how I go touch and see things. And, you know, a lot of people don't do that part. They just keep doing the same thing they've been doing. And, um, you know, when it comes to real estate, I have a deep passion for great real estate. I believe inspirational things happen in inspirational places. So I like, you know, I'm looking at retreat sites around the country where some people are buying apartment complexes. You know, I'm looking at retreat sites where I can combine coaching mm-hmm. and retreating. I like, I believe in retreating to attack. 
so so if I could combine the coaching and the 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 real estate, that's what I've really done with a lot of the real estate that I own. Yeah, and so you've got a clear purpose behind that. And something that I think you talk a lot about is, you know, which is controversial compared to some other people's beliefs, but I think it resonates really really well as you talk about screwing your why. Yeah. Screw your purpose. Yeah. Tell me about this. Well, I think, and this is actually the the book that my agent is shopping to all the major publishers right now. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see if it lands and and hits. And I, I I've spent thirty two years coaching people. Okay, and I don't philosophically believe after thirty two years of coaching people that you have to find your purpose before you do something big. I actually believe your purpose finds you. When you are alert, curious, responsive, and you take steps toward things that you're curious about. Like, like if you were to come to me, Stephen, when I was 25 years old and said, man, you could be a multimillionaire and, and coach and write books and travel around the world. I'd be like, why would I want to do that, man? I'm a high school basketball coach. I love what I do for a living. I got $2,500 in the bank. I got a two bedroom condo I love. Like, I didn't want to do this. But but as I wrote the books and as I went out and spoke to adults and I saw the light bulb come on, I was like, man, I enjoy this. And then I started doing this. I go, man, I really enjoyed the creation. I enjoy creating things. Man, I love real estate. What if I could combine my love of coaching and my love of real estate? What if you see? So I didn't really find my purpose and then do something big. I actually just started pursuing things. So chapter three of the book is called Screw Your Why. It's actually going to be its own book that uh, that I'm shopping right now out to the publishers because could I know my purpose and still not be motivated? And I believe the answer is yes. Yeah. Could I, could I know my purpose and be broke and not know how to monetize on it? Could I, could I know my purpose and not feel like doing it? Could I know that I was put on earth to coach and speak and help people? But tomorrow when it comes time for me to go speak to 200 real estate agents, not feel like going. Because I've done it for 10,000 times. You see where I'm going? Like, mm-hmm. like, so I don't think, I think a lot of people just think that, man, if I find my why, life will just take off mm-hmm. and uh, it'll just go. But so, so in this book that I'm writing, <clears throat> which it came from chapter three of the, the Flip the Switch book, is that I like a formula. We need to help you find your skill first, not your why. Mm-hmm. You need to find your skill. Then we need to find a problem that you would love solving in the world. Mm. See, what I like about Musk is he never goes into a business to make money. If, you, if I'm, mm. I'm listening to the autobiography about Musk and he, he doesn't go into business to be a billionaire. He goes into business to solve a big problem because he has a curiosity and then he backs into the money. Mm-hmm. So, so first he found his skill. Then he found the problem he wanted to solve. Then his purpose found him. So in that book, I'll talk a lot about finding the skill finding the problem, packaging the skill, marketing the skill, and then ultimately monetizing the skill. But I do expect it to be controversial and I do expect people to either love it or hate it. And some people won't even read it because they, because it goes in hand. But, but for all the millions of people who feel like a loser because they haven't found their why this book will be for them. It'll actually be a book about purpose with a really great title. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, what's so powerful about it. When I first heard it, I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Let's, let's hear out what, what coach Bert has to say, but you know, at the, 
at the core of it, it makes perfect sense because there is a ton of resistance towards feeling like you need to know exactly why you're here, what your purpose is, and that by knowing it, it'll solve everything. And then you feel like you get to this point where you're connected to it and yet you're still broke or you still got the same problems or you're still stuck in that same place. And this removes that need, that feeling like you have to have that in order to move forward and instead focuses on taking action so you can have the experiences, the experiences that will actually inform you and show you what that purpose could be at different stages of your life. See, I've asked myself a lot, why am I the way I well? Uh, why am I the way I am? Why do I think like I do? Why do I keep pursuing things? Had a lot to do with my early conditioning from a single mom who operated a lot out of scarcity. Had a lot to do because I was raised by coaches who taught me competitive intelligence, how to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one day I called the top five people just as a test uh, that I coach top five. What the world considers success. Now the world's going to tell you Stephen's success is money Mm -hmm. and fame and looks, and education, and power, and status. The world's going to tell you this is what success is. I actually have a concept called the successful failure, is that I could be a great businessman and a lousy father. Mm -hmm. I could be a great dad and a lousy businessman. I could be a great dad uh, and a lousy friend. So, So when you think about this, the world tells you success is this. If you achieve these things, you are successful. It's only gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse with social media and, and, and what people say. So I call the top five people that people would consider successful that I coach. And, and I said, what's your why? And they, they said, I don't know. It's just here's what they say. It's just who I am. Mm. I get up and I go get it because that's who I am. Now, psychologists mm. tell us that's identity. Somewhere in their past, they've developed a strong identity of themselves that cannot be broken by other people. It's who they are. Is it their purpose? They may go, I don't know. It's just if if you put them doing anything, they're Mm going to pursue it with that kind of passion because that's who they are. That's their identity. Yeah. Well, and I think people should absolutely go buy the book, flip the switch. But in that book, you talk about how to unlock your prey drive, how to unlock that side of yourself that so many of these, quote, worldly successful people have, and it's part of their identity. How do you unlock it? How can somebody who's listening to this now get an idea before they go sit down and read the book on being able to find that part of themselves that they know is there? Well, first is awareness that it's there. You know, I was dealing with a guy the other day and he didn't he didn't like the way I approached him. Uh, after I helped him generate about two million more dollars in a very short period of time. And, and but, he, and, you know, and he and I kind of went at him pretty hard and he didn't like that. And I said, man, I'm I'm an animal. You didn't hire me because I was a poodle. You hired me because I was a pit bull. Now, I helped you generate two million more dollars in a very short period of time. When you get the prey drive, you get the good and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. It's not it's not like you could just tame it. It's like, oh, yeah, I want this dude to come in and be a stone cold killer and build a sales force and help me make millions of dollars. But but I want to tame him just a Mm. little bit. Right. The first the Mm. first job I had, Stephen, when I retired from athletic coaching was with a with a two billion dollar bank. 
They hired me to come in and drive the largest increase in sales they had ever had in the history of the bank. They wanted they wanted a 40 or 50% increase in a one-year cycle. And I came in like a Tasmanian devil, and they gave me a little team of two or three bankers to work with me. These are t- people on my team. They were used to like mm-hmm. showing up at eight, going home at four, one hour lunch. I was working them like 16 hours a day. <laughs> and uh, the COO called me one night and he's like, man, you cannot like work these people like this. He said, they're bankers for God's sakes. Like they don't even know how to work like this. And I just said, look, man, do you want, do you want to hit the number or not? Mm-hmm. Cause if you, if the, if these people wear out, just give me two more, they're going to get worn out too. Cause they don't have an engine to do this. If you could have done it, you wouldn't have needed me. Mm-hmm. Right. Took me, didn't even take me a whole year by December. I think it was the 10th of that year. We, we had hit 43% increase in sales for that company. <clears throat> 10,645 new customers. Now, my point there is the prey drive is in people, but it has to be activated. Now, some people, you know, let's go back to something you said. The, the fear of loss can actually be used to activate the prey drive. Mm. Right? I wear a bracelet that says, go to bed tired, wake up hungry. It all goes to zero at midnight. I love that. I tell myself that I... That, that what takes years to build up could take seconds to tear down. This is why I have daily goals versus weekly and monthly goals or quarterly goals. A lot of people like quarterly goals. I hate quarterly goals. I like, look, we started over a zero today, mm-hmm. right? It's called mental subtraction. Psychologists call it mental subtraction is to actually tell yourself or tell your brain that uh, you're, you got to give up something you love. <laughs> right. You got you got to take something you love and pretend you got to give it up if you don't hit your numbers. Like if you if you decide to coast. And you don't hit your numbers, you got to give something up. So mm-hmm. the big the big boys and the big girls go to bed tired and wake up hungry. It all goes to zero at midnight for them, no matter how much they have, by the way, mm-hmm. because something's going to happen. It's not going to be enough when you try to do something big. Just me building a seven million dollars uh, building in downtown Nashville. First thing I told my wife is, man, you got to have a lot of money to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the MEP is 800,000 and the, right. And the mm-hmm. theaters, a couple hundred thousand and the AV is 400,000. I mean, it's a $3 million build out for 8,000 mm-hmm. square feet. <clears throat> so when you look at it, like you need the money to fulfill the purpose, mm. the bigger, the purpose, the more money you're going to need to do it. And if you don't, and, and so if you got no goals or no purpose or, you don't want to do anything. Just keep making small money. But when you try to go do something big, you're going to need a lot of money to do it. Trust me. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely think you, you need the resources to be able to accomplish big things. And, and I know plenty of people have big goals or big aspirations, yet they still seem stuck. Yeah. They, they seem stuck because they may live in mental creation. They may not have the confidence to manifest it. So fear of loss could activate their drive Uh, for a lot of people, people you're talking about right here. Exposure is the number one activator of drive, (laughs) meaning if I'm around big players and they're doing big things, I'm going to be inspired to do bigger things. Mm It's going to activate my prey drive. This is the value of conferences. I think conferences are, are, are overrated other than to activate the prey drive. I don't think conferences change people's lives. I think they open people's minds. Mm. See, tomorrow, if these people see me speak for an hour, it's not going to change their life. 
they're going to get activated and they're going to want to go do something. But if they don't have continued exposure to me over a cycle of time, that will dissipate like cotton candy. It tastes good because they don't they may not have the motivation level I do or the drive I do. So to get some of it, we need to spend more time together. We need to have continued exposure, which is why I'm a big proponent for the coaching program. So I say the the speaking opens the mind. The coaching changes a life. I go see a person speak on real estate that's raised a lot of money, bought a lot of things. It's like, that's good, man. But that don't mean I know how to do it when I leave. Mm-hmm. Now, if I spend a year studying under that person, having exposure to that person, being activated by that person, having my mind expanded by that person, being around other like-minded people, I am I am way more likely to be able to go execute on what that person knows how to do versus just see them one time and think it's going to change your life. It's not. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Okay? And and that that's the power of listening to podcasts, listening to books, reading books, going out and hiring great coaches, people who are experts at doing the thing that you want to do. I mean, you, you just wrote a book, you just published it. You just sold tons of copies, hit the bestseller list. And you got there because you hired a great coach, somebody who already had done it before and knew how to do it and be able to hit that level. And that's what you need to do to succeed. Yeah. The truth is I didn't know how to hit the bestseller list. I knew how to write books. I had written 17. I knew how to package intellectual property. I knew how to generate millions of dollars through coaching programs. What I did not know how to do was make the book a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Now, let me tell you something really interesting about this. It has a lot to do with self-talk. When I first became a basketball coach, here was my self-talk, Stephen. I'll be a good coach, but I'll never be a championship coach because mm-hmm. they've never won a championship here. This mm-hmm. is what I taught myself for the first five years. Mm-hmm. 25 years old, I go, you know what? I'm going to be a championship coach. Took me four mm-hmm. or five years to really believe it. Mm-hmm. Then it took me five more years to do it. Mm-hmm. Started my coaching business. Man, I'll be a good coach, but I'll never be one of the top coaches in the world. Because after all, there's Tony Robbins and Grant mm-hmm. Cardone and whoever else is out there. And then and then I started. Then I spoke at 10x in 2018, and I go, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can hold my own versus these people. Mm-hmm. Then then I was writing books. Man, I'll write good books, but I'll never I'll never be a Wall Street Journal bestseller. I mean, it came from a small town in Tennessee. Nobody's ever done that for my small town. It's like I'll just write good books that generate leads. And and then I made up my mind. I'm writing this book. It's going to be a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're they're no better than me. Then I go mm-hmm. who can help me. Mm. Right. And I reached out to a person that just come off a bestseller. And I said, who, who launched your book? And they said, Rory Vaden. And I said, okay, Rory Vaden's in Nashville. Picked up the phone that day, called his office. They said he didn't have any spots available. I said, tell him coach Burt wants to work with him. Can he just find, you know, one day for me? He did. I mm-hmm. spent four hours with him. That's all it took by the way, <laughs> four hours, 18 grand, something like that. And, and I walked out of there with a clear strategy and how to do it, okay, mm-hmm. which I did not have before. I had pieces of a strategy, and it wasn't coherent. And then I had, you know, some continued exposure to Rory, and he was great. He stays with you until the book comes out. Then he helps you do it. And, uh, you know, I execute on the strategy, and boom, we hit the, we hit the list. And uh, now I know how to do it. I would have never known how to do it if I wouldn't have paid the money. And you would have never known how to do it if you wouldn't have decided that you right. could do it and and make that decision. It's not the best written books that become bestsellers. Now, some go viral, some are organic. 
a lot of famous people, it's easier for them to do it because they got bigger audiences. But the truth is, it's really the best marketed and, and best sold book. It's not the best written book. It's it's really understanding how to tap into a base of people. It's very hard to do if you don't have a lot of people following you. Mm-hmm. No, it, it makes sense. And I look forward to learning from from you and, and uh, Rory and all these people who have done it before as we put ours out as well. But as we get kind of close to wrapping up, um, I've got one more question before I go to it. Coach, where can people find a copy of the book? Where can they follow you if they want to keep learning and and getting that experience and that repetition over and over? Uh, obviously, they can go anywhere good books are sold to buy the book. If you go to my at my website, you know, obviously, we have your information. I typically call the people who buy the books. Uh, we give people a lot more incentive to go buy them at my site than anywhere at coachbert.com. Uh, but if you want to go to Amazon, that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm actually coming out in just a few weeks with my own audible version, not a flip the switch, but a prey drive. Mm. Uh, when I did the book, McGraw-Hill hired uh, a person to do the audio. And I didn't have any say on that. Not that they were bad, but a lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't me. And they're used to hearing yeah. my voice. I so I, I just went into the studio. I rented a studio one day and I said, man, I'm going to break down the concept of prey drive. And I'm about to bring that up on Audible. It's about four hours of me breaking down the concept with me coaching people through just Pray Drive. That'll be the title of it. Uh, so, you know, uh, four or five of my books on Audible. They all should be on Audible, really. But you can go there if you like, you know, listen to those things. And uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, wherever. Wherever you see Coach Michael Burt, that's me. I love it. Well, the last question before we part ways for the day, Coach, is, there's a lot of people who are listening who know what to do, yet they're still stuck. There's They're not taking the action. They're not doing the things that they know they need to do in order to create the life they want. What advice would you leave them with? Take one action. Do one thing. <clears throat> it's human nature for people to start with good intention, fail to follow through, experience guilt. I always ask people, I like, it's, I like Bezos' regret minimization framework. You know, go to 80 years old. And, and if you would regret not doing something, you need to do it. But the biggest thing people need to do is initiate. And and for, for your listeners watching or listening, initiate could be by the book. It could be get the audio. It could be take a course. It could be follow me on YouTube. It could be take an action. When in doubt, it's right out of flip the switch. Take an action. Like I'm here in Denver and you know, I just went and had lunch and I need to exercise and I got some people coming over to meet me this afternoon. But in between, I will never go wrong by taking an action, following up on somebody, doing a post, um, contacting one of my customers, you know, engaging with somebody who's interested, following up. I mean, I'll, you'll never go wrong by initiating an action. You'll only go wrong by doing nothing. I think it was Churchill who said, uh, or maybe Roosevelt, one of the two said, the best decision you can make is the next right decision. Mm. The second best decision you can make is the wrong decision. Mm. But the worst decision you can make is to make no decision. Mm. And that word decide means to kill something off. I'm making a decision and I'm moving and I'm getting into movement and and everything follows that movement. Everything. That's why mm. nothing happens until the prey drive is activated. It initiates and that's really what the book is about and what the concept pre, uh, pre-drive is about. Well, I couldn't I couldn't recommend grabbing a copy of the book enough. 
absolutely go out and buy a copy coach michael burt.com or coach um thanks so much for joining us it was amazing to have you back on coach yeah thank you man four years later we're we're, we're getting better every day every day in every way we're getting better every day yep. thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode today's episode is sponsored by von finch capital if you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. Hey, this is Steven again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is the Insider's Newsletter. Would you enjoy getting a single email every week with some of my favorite things, including tips and strategies on how to get the most out of your life and your investments? Basically, what it is is some of the coolest things that I've discovered or am pondering when it comes to life, investing, and business delivered in a short email every week to your inbox. Easy to sign up for, easy to cancel. If you'd like to try it out, type into your browser, investormindset.com newsletter to get started, and you'll get the very next one.